Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. We're going to read two verses today. Um, we're going to focus on this thought of in his service, serving in our giftedness. Serving in our giftedness. Again, 2 Timothy 4, 17 through 18. Um, an elderly woman or elderly widow, she was restricted to her activities, but she was eager to serve the Lord. After praying about this, she realized she could be a blessing to others by playing her piano. The next day, Oh, and I like that. When I read this, I, I really like that. She didn't waste no time. The next day, she put an ad in the Oakland, Oakland Tribune. The ad said this, Pianists will play hymns by phone daily for those who are sick and despondent. The service is free. In this notice, she put her telephone number. <laughs> the people called and they would ask, and she would ask them, what hymn would you like me to play? What would you like to hear? And within months, her plan had brought cheer to several hundred people. Many of them freely poured out their hearts to her. and She was able to help them and encourage them. You know, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to missions, it should be part of our lives. There's a ministry and missions. We never age out of this. If we're willing to use God's gifts that he has given us for his glory, he will provide opportunity for us to live our lives out on mission. And it appears when we look at today's text that the apostle Paul is encouraging this young minister, Timothy, to continue in ministry. It it appears that Paul himself, at a time, a struggle in his life, what we would think, he is going to continue to do ministry. When we look here in, this, in these two verses, the Bible says in verse 17, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom to be, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is God's holy word. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the joy that you have given us to just be in your house and to, and to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for the blessing that you've given us in, in, in new members. We just thank you, God, for, for just the privilege to be able to go home. We thank you, God, for this time together in fellowship around your word. God, help us to continue to worship and continue to lift your name so that, God, your son would be praised throughout this community. Help us, God, as we go through this day. Help us, God, to be the light that you would have us to be. And as we continue through this service, God, 
Allow your Holy Spirit to just move upon us, to help us to worship you in spirit and truth and help those who don't know you to be convinced that you are real and that they need you in their lives. Help them this day to call out and ask, what must I do to be saved? For God, we know you're faithful and just that if they call upon your name, you will save them. This we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Last week, we began what will become a series of messages focusing on serving in our giftedness. We're going to continue to look in serve, at serving in areas that will ensure that we are a New Testament church. Last week, we focused on using our giftedness in worship. And I know that everyone here doesn't have gifts that can be used actively in worship. Uh, I get it. Everyone can't sing or play musical instruments. Everyone is not going to lead a devotional. Everyone isn't going to be passionate about being in front of a group of people that are staring back at you. I, I get it. But we can raise our hands. (laughs) We can actively worship the Lord in worship. And as it relates to our giftedness, I just want to ask, if you're not gifted to serve in worship, are you gifted to serve by being on mission? What I mean is, does the gift that you have that God's given you lend you to minister to the needs of others? This week, we want to focus on using our gifts to live out our lives on mission. Or we could say it this way, we want to use our gifts for ministry. When we look here in today's text, what we'll find, it, well, it will help us to understand that the Apostle Paul is facing an impending death. He's in prison and he's feeling abandoned. He's, uh, Demas has left him having to, having loved this world. Um, I, I don't know. Here Demas is with Paul here at this prison and all of a sudden he decides he's leaving Paul. Paul says it's because he loved the world. I don't want to say, and we shouldn't assume that he just backslid and he's no longer serving the Lord. I'm not so sure that's the issue. It may be that Demas got ahead of himself. It may be that he he felt he could have served no matter what, and he could face death if it came his way, but he weren't in prison. So maybe, just maybe, he said, look, I'm going to go find me a wife. Paul, I didn't sign up to die right now, and and they're not got me on trial, so I'm not going to be here to watch this. I'm going to go find me a wife if he didn't have one, or find his wife if he had one. Maybe he, there were some other things he just wanted to do before death come his way. We don't know. All we know is that he left Paul, and Paul said, Because he liked what he saw in the world. He left. We also uh, see that Paul has sent Christians and Titus and Tychicus away. He sent them back to their respective ministries. Here Paul is under house arrest. Death is coming. 
He knows it's coming. And these men are there. And Paul says, you've got to continue the ministry, guys. You've been here long enough. Now it's time to get back to Galatia. It's time to get back to Ephesus. It's time to get back to where you can continue ministering. Ministering. Paul even makes the mention in the text that Alexander, and he calls him, he identifies him as the coppersmith. He says he did me much harm. Now, some scholars believe Alexander may have shared slanderous information, false information about Paul just to curry favor for himself. Scripture's not clear. We don't know exactly what he done, but Paul said he did me much harm. He goes as far as to say, may God deal with him. And, and he told Timothy, he said, you guys be, be weary of him. Be, you, you watch out for him. He's not to be trusted, basically, is what Paul was telling them. Paul shares, basically, that the only person with him is Luke. So he's requesting Timothy to come as quickly as he can and to bring Mark with him. Now, we believe he means John Mark, the one who had abandoned him and Barnabas when they were on their first missionary journey. It seems that Paul, Paul says he's profitable to him. So it seems that Paul is, has thought about things and wanted to reconcile with Mark. And he tells Timothy to bring Mark with him. But he also requests a coat. That would tell us that this house that he was in was maybe, um, maybe it was just cold Maybe even damp. Maybe not a place suitable to where you would normally want to live here. But it is, he is under house arrest. He asked for the books. Some scholars believe that the books he's asking for are the gospels. And then he asked for the parchments. We believe the parchments to have been the Hebrew scriptures. The Hebrews, they would write or record the scriptures on parchment, which was paper-like substance made out of animal skin. And, and it seems here that he was asking for what we would call the, New, the Old Testament. It would be easy for you and I to just assume Paul is depressed at this time. And that's why he wants someone there. That he just doesn't want to be alone. And, and I, I don't know, I, I don't know that I've ever met anyone facing death that wanted to be alone. As much as I can remember in every instance that I've been in a room with someone who took their last breath, they knew that there were other people in the room with them. You know, the last thing someone loses when they're, when they're transitioning from this life into eternal life is their hearing. So I want to caution us all while we're right here. Let me chase this rabbit. Be careful what you say in their presence because they can hear what you are saying. I can say for my father, he wanted to be surrounded by people. Up to him taking his very last breath. And in most cases, when a family member will tell their loved one, it's okay. We're going to be all right. It's okay if you're tired and you're ready to go on. Usually when that happens within just a few moments, really just a short time, they leave this world and enter into eternity. But, you know, I'm not so sure this was the case for Paul. I, I think the apostle had something else in mind. Maybe it was that he just wanted another opportunity 
to speak life into these young men, these young Christian leaders. Paul wasn't sick. He was in prison. He was on death row, and his life was going to be taken from him. Soon, he was facing Nero's chopping block. But instead of crying and wallowing in it, he sought to minister to others. He sought to encourage these young Christian leaders to trust that God is faithful. Mm. Paul, the apostle Paul, we see here, even as he is facing death, he's still on mission. I'm convinced that no matter what our circumstances may be in this life, if we've been gifted to minister to others or if we've been gifted to live out missional lives, we are to use our gifts for the glory of God. We are to live our lives on mission for the Lord. Now you may ask, how was Paul able to keep ministry on his mind under the circumstances he was living in? Well, there are two things I want us to really get out of this. And the first is, Paul knew that God was devoted to him. Do you know God's devoted to you? If you don't know that, I want you to leave here today knowing God is devoted to you. Paul says that the Lord stood with him and, in, and strengthened him. Paul's referring to when he, when he stood trial the first time. In verse 16, look there what he says. He said, in my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. And then he uses that conjunction that ties that verse into verse 17. He says, but, but the Lord, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Paul had already faced this preliminary trial and he was facing this capital charge, a charge of being a troublemaker, a charge of rebelling against Rome. He was appearing before Nero, the emperor himself, which, which this meant he was in the supreme court of Rome. Two trials were necessary. The preliminary trial for examination where charges would be laid out and briefly explained. And then there was the trial itself. This is where the defendant was either found guilty or not guilty. Paul had already faced his preliminary trial and no one stood with him. But Paul was delivered. He shares he was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. We'll get back to that. If, if, we, if we will recall, this same thing happened to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus was falsely accused. He was illegally tried and no one stood with him. As a matter of fact, all the disciples fled after his arrest except Peter. Peter lingered around, but Peter didn't stand with him because as soon as he was spotted, he denied knowing Jesus Christ. Someone recognized him a second time, and again, he denied being with Jesus Christ. And then a third time, someone said, you were with him. You were one of those men. And he says, no, he cursed and denied the Lord Jesus Christ. And Matthew's gospel, 26 to 34, says assuredly, or, or it records that as soon as he denied him the third time, the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered Jesus' words, which are found in Matthew 26 and 34. Surely I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, 
you will deny me three times. At his trial, Jesus stood alone, and now so did Paul. Jesus may have stood alone at his trial. He may have been convicted. He may have been beaten. He may have been crucified. But on the third day, he not only was delivered from the clutches of death, but he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Paul says, I stood alone, but the Lord stood with me. And strengthen me. You know, there's a song that's often sang, and, and it's not entirely theologically correct. Listen to you, you'll know these lyrics of this of this course. It says, For he is the rock upon which I stand. He is the present help in time of need. And when the whole world has left me all alone, I can feel him walking right by me. And when everyone walks out, that's when he walks in, proving once again that he He's my dearest friend. He promised he'd go with me always, even to the end. Listen, a lot of this song, a lot of this course is correct. It is truth, but there's a part in it I have trouble with. And that part is that when he says that when when everyone walks out, God walks in or Jesus walks in. Listen, I want us to know he never leaves us. It doesn't take someone walking out for him to walk in. He's always by our side. The problem is for you and I often often we don't focus on him. We're focused on everybody that's around us and then when everyone abandons us then we're made aware that our holy friend, our only true friend is always going to be with us. Folks, I want you to know that God is so devoted to you. He doesn't want you to fail. What do you mean preacher? If you will trust him and allow him to use you to minister to others in this world, he will stand with you. He will strengthen you. Some of you have gifts that will allow you to live your life on mission. Some of you have gifts and skills to build and repair. Some have gifts to discern when someone's in trouble. Some of you have the gift of gab, and the gift of gab needs to be used for something other than gossip. It needs to be used for sharing the gospel. When you, when you have these gifts, you should be on mission to help others. Galatians 5 and 13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only, to, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. John 13 and 35 says, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Folks, when we trust him, he will stand by us because his word is at stake. His promises are yes and in him, amen. So we can lean on his promises. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And Isaiah 40 and 8, my favorite verse in all the scripture says, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Folks, God is with you. He is devoted to you. So you can live your life on mission. Because if you go out, when he's told you to go out, and he's not there, then he's a liar. And my God is not a liar. 
My God's a lot of things. He's my help. He's my refuge. He's my shelter. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's my love. But he is not a liar. The apostle Paul knew that the Lord, that God was devoted to him. But he also knew (laughs) that he was devoted to God. Paul's devotion to Jesus Christ is seen in the fact that he was intent on preaching the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul declared that he was not ashamed of the gospel for it was the gospel of Jesus Christ that changed his life. He... He was determined to fulfill his mission in sharing the gospel. Why? Because he knew the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And here in prison, facing death, Paul is pouring into others. Adoniram Judson once stated that every missionary's motto, whether preacher, printer, or schoolmaster, <laughs> It ought to be devoted for life. Whether you're a preacher, a writer, or you lead schools, that should be your motto, devoted for life. It was easy for Paul to be devoted to Christ because he believed that he would be delivered from every evil work And preserved for Christ's heavenly kingdom. He had already been delivered from the lion's mouth. So Paul was devoted to him. You know, Abraham, we look in scripture, we can see how devoted Abraham was to the Lord. He left his country, his family, his father's house to go to a land that God would show him. He didn't tell him where he was going. He just said, I'll show you. Just go. (laughs) Uh, He told Abraham that he would make him a great nation, that he would be blessed and his name would be great. God told him that he would be a blessing and everyone who blessed him would be blessed. Everyone who cursed him would be cursed. And through him, all the families of the earth would be blessed. So Abraham believed And he obeyed God. And he left all that he knew for land that God said he would show him. Several years passed. Abraham and Sarah, his wife, had no children still. They were growing old. And Abraham asked God, what will you give me? In other words, he was saying, Lord, I have no heir but this servant in my house. Is he my heir? But God told Abraham that his servant would not be his heir. That he would actually father a child. Abraham, God told Abraham, go outside. Look up into the heavens and see if you can number the stars. He says, if you can, see if you could do that. He said, that's the way to be with your descendants. Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. 
James 2 and 23 says that Abraham believed God and he was called a friend of God. (laughs) Somebody should have shouted right then. He was called a friend of God simply because he believed and obeyed God. Mm. My question to us, to all of us, how devoted or what are we devoted to? Maybe that's the better question. Are you devoted to your family? And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being a devoted son or daughter. There's nothing wrong with being a devoted father or mother. There's nothing wrong with being a devoted wife or husband. When you're devoted to your family, you'll do whatever it takes to ensure they have whatever they need. You'll go out of your comfort zone. You'll work long hours. You'll sacrifice your own desires and you'll do without so that they can have. Devoted parents believe in their children. Devoted children believe in their parents. Devoted spouses believe in one another. But we're not to be more devoted to our families than we are to God. So let me ask, when was the last time you went out of your comfort zone to obey God? When was the last time you sacrificed how you felt? And just trusted him. When was the last time you gave up what you desired to fulfill his command? You know, (laughs) it wasn't comfortable for God to send his son to this sin-cursed world and clothe him in flesh and blood. It wasn't comfortable for God God to see his son rejected, cursed, spat upon, beaten and nailed to a cross. It wasn't easy for God to turn his back upon his son in the worst moment of his life but he did it for you and he did it for me he proved his devotion to us but have we proven our devotion to him today you can begin to show your devotion just commit to using your gifts and skills to minister to those you come in contact with who are in need Today, you commit to living your life on mission. If you don't know where to begin, we have a mission team at this church. Join it. Our WMU goes out visiting the shut-ins twice a month. Join them. You don't have to be a man to join them. They'll be glad for you to go. If you really want to test yourself, follow Brother Henry or Brother Kent when they're going out to help other people. You won't just be a blessing to someone, but you'll be blessed in return. So I would encourage us today, as every head's bowed and every eye's closed, commit today that what gifts and skills God has given you for ministry, you're going to use them. What he's given you, you're going to be on mission for God. And unsaved. God's calling you into his service. He desires to place gifts in you. That can join with the talents and abilities that you already have. And you can take them together. And use them for God's glory. 
He wants to use you to make a difference in the lives of others. And if you want to make, a, make the most difference in your family, your children, your grandchildren, I would say give your life to Jesus. Let him be Lord of your life. Become devoted to him because he is devoted to you. Come today. You who believe, come receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. As they sing, would you come? Come. Come. Experience a salvation that will change your life.